Okay. Uh, we don't have an intro still. <laughs> um, well, luckily enough, here today we are visited by my father. Uh, Hi, son. <laughs> that's one. That's one way to start it up. That's the only way to start it up. How are you doing today? How's how's your stuff going? Beat down to parade rest, man. We had a great weekend. <laughs> we did a lot this weekend. We did. Um, so you got in on Thursday. Got in on Thursday. Where'd you come in from? From the wild island in the middle of the Pacific called Oahu. Oahu oh. Island in Hawaii. Oahu stands for the gathering place, for those that are on this podcast and never heard of that before. And so it's the main island, what you see on TV when you see Hawaii Five O and all the pretty, you know, kind of surf contests and things like that. Okay. Michael's original home before he abandoned the islands and <laughs> became a, a Portlandian. Uh, well, you see what had happened was is uh, 16 years of island fever will we'll get you. Like, not, not exactly, though. What it's, kind of fever? It's island fever. <laughs> so what is that? It's like uh, where you're just uh, stuck on the island and you're like, I need to go. Yeah. I need to go. After 16 years. Yeah. yeah. Around 16, 16 years. We didn't let him off the island for 16 years either. <laughs> was he trapped? In fact, we didn't let him out of his bedroom for 16 was years. He locked we away? kept him locked up in the basement. <laughs> yeah. Barely any food to eat. Yeah. No now clothes. you understand why yeah. I'm such a wild person. <laughs> he was in. I'm free! He was, ra- he, was, he was raised by wolves in Hawaii. Because <laughs> we have no wolves. He was, was raised by gophers. We actually do have gophers and mongoose. Actually, not go- gophers, mongoose. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going with this? I don't know, man. <laughs> you got it on hey, Thursday. He's got, me, he's got me up at almost midnight here. Yeah. You know, That's how we do it. That's how we roll. We start drinking yeah, at midnight and start getting silly. Hey, it's awesome. Hey, can uh, you tell me about how be here. being raised and locked away in the bedroom? with Locked away in the bedroom. With the mongoose. Um, and... Well, you see. That... I think that was his choice, by the way, actually. <laughs> oh, he locked so... himself in the bedroom. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. Why uh, was I, I liked watching Star Wars, and uh, I liked playing video games, and... Watching more movies. I like watching Marvel movies. He's, he's always been a movie guy, that's for sure. Yeah, I've always loved movies. Any Anything that's on a screen, I am all about. He surprised us at like early age of uh, probably three or four. He could memorize anything that had to do with a video or a movie or a, a scene on TV or something like that. He, he was a perfect mimic. In fact... He won't tell the story to you, but I will. That uh, <laughs> I like where this his, is going. <laughs> his first, his first professional gig was as a um, infant. He was on a uh, Pampers diaper commercial. Really? Uh, <laughs> were you really? Uh, I actually was. I gotta hear about that. I was, uh, I was the Pampers elephant. Yeah. Do you do you remember those commercials? I do. In Thailand, yeah. Yeah. So I was what, what did you say? I always forget um, what you said. Pampers, Pampers, baby's new, new best, best friend. friend. That's yeah. right. I remember that. <laughs> I need to see this video. Dude, somebody's got to I don't think there's it. video of it. It's, it's just, just like it's just, up here, It's just man. the audio. It's just the yeah, audio. definitely it's an audio like... out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. Big time And I wasn't going to break that out until he actually got good and famous, but... Like, We're three minutes I've been into waiting this a while. podcast. I'm already like... 
<laughs> I'm glad you guys are here so I, we can hear learn more. So you came too. in Thursday. That's right. That's where we started a few this minutes is, ago, right? I want to let you know that this is how podcasts go. We are not editing any of this. This Good. is going to be very raw. Um, I've listened to a few podcasts. Yeah, just a few. Cast pods. What, what are they called again? Um, Gram, Gramista. Uh, Bookface. What is this? Bookface. Gram Insta. Hey, I'm not that old. Uh, something like that. Just because you're getting older, I'm not. I stopped. You are actually surprisingly really good with technology. I had to be. There's a lot of people that are your age that I deal with on a daily basis that are really my age. not We're good. not going to say what my age is, although it's turning a, a year My more. dad's birthday is on the 10th, so this is almost like a birthday, birthday present to him. It's a birthday cast pot. Well, happy early birthday. That's Thanks. Yeah, there's I, of course. As soon as we said time. that, somebody let, set off the car alarm. The, this alarm happened last time, and then we somehow got it to stop magically. I, I thought that was for my birthday. They were no. like celebrating for me out oh, there. Oh, it is actually yeah. surprise! Surprise! <laughs> it's a brand new car. <laughs> Speaking of things that we did this weekend, yeah, we got um, you a new car. I got a new car. Got a new used car. Yeah. What kind of car well, did you get? I got a 2013 Jeep Patriot. And uh, all day on Instagram, I've been debating about what what to name it. Everyone's giving me a lot of really good uh, I suggestions. I we went, went there. Um, we went through four options, and I thought the last yeah, one was Yeah, but I wanted to good. see what other people said. What, um, were, the, what were the options? Well, hold on. Let me look at my phone. So I had a, a lot of different suggestions. No, go to our original options. So, okay. So originally, uh, excuse me, I did it. <laughs> oh, another burp. See, I burped and I stopped the car alarm. He burps all the time during <laughs> this podcast. That's fantastic. Uh, let's, let's see. So let's why don't we go. just call this the frickin' locker room? Is that what this is? <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> That's actually not we'll a bad name. We'll get you a new, new uh, all right, let's, So it's a 2013 Jeep Patriot uh, that we got. Black on black. Black on black. So I've kind of, kind of Set on Vader, for for the for the name what like Darth Vader. What made you choose Darth Vader? Darth Vader, yeah. Like I said that right and I don't this like time. That. Huh? Darth Vader. He he needs to put some red and black in there. And be so the yeah. Sith. So the idea is is that it was either going to be the Sith Mobile or Darth Vader, um, but my dad's call sign in uh, the military besides Grizz is um, Darth Malahan. So, <laughs> I was on this team one time for it was like a kind of specialized planning team. Mm-hmm. You know what those are? You've seen right? Yeah, an operational planning team, and we all kind of took a different. One of the guys came up with the idea, you know, to kind of keep things fun and interesting when you're working twenty-hour days and whatnot. Is uh, everybody took on a Star Wars name, and I took on Darth Malahan, of course, a dog <laughs> Maul. And uh, so I've always been a friend of the Sith. So have you. You like them. Hey, my first movie that I went to see was um, we saw Phantom Menace in the movie theater, Yeah, which was cool. Because I have uh, the three original Star Wars movies on VHS and Phantom Menace on VHS. I can't find where the covering is of um, uh, Return of the Jedi. It was, it was funny because we were just talking about this earlier today. You know, VHS is going the way of like eight tracks because I was like bragging. I, I had ACDC on album, every album and eight track. And then, of course, you guys don't even know what eight track is, but you know, then VHS, VHS is going to be like that the next stage, right? No one's going to even know what that is. I know like tape recorder and then right, VHS. tape recorder. 
Uh, you don't just listen to your stuff on Spotify? What are you talking about? Hey, man, you, pretty, you, pretty soon you're just going to get that chip stuck in your... <laughs> you're going to get the chip stuck in your head, and you're going to be just going to be... Everything's going to be... You oh, know, yeah, that's Neuralink. Uh, yeah, that's another yeah. That's another story. Um, so the names that came up today was um, uh, the Death Car... Or Death Star, no. which was which is what uh, no, yeah, that's got bad mojo. Yeah, that's was like, no, nope. uh, someone said Dewey, like D U I, and I was like, no, yep, nope, no, ba- I, bad mojo, bad, bad mojo. Mark Hoppus, I'm not that cool, so I can't name it Mark Hoppus. Uh, Paul said Luca, like the mobster mobile, Luca. yeah. <laughs> It's not bad. We, I'm gonna be mobbing in that thing when it's all black on black with the rims and everything. But you already said it was black on black. Well, it's it's black on black, but like that's he's gonna get darker black. I'm on gonna, black. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get a uh, I'm gonna tent. get the rims. I'm gonna get the rims taken care of. I'm gonna get new tint for it. But like on the inside, I'm gonna get like a little bit of red trim going on. It's for uh, the 49ers, huh? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm an Eagles fan, man. We established this a long time ago. I know you just said black and red. Uh, Mariah wanted me to name it uh, after her. No, I'm sorry, Mariah. Uh, n- name your kid after me. How about that? <laughs> um, I wish I could see which. Uh, Alika actually said uh, Jean Sheev. Uh, but I guess his thing was like, uh, or name it like Palpatine or something, which I kind of liked. I kind of like Palpatine. Um, well, at least he's going to listen to this and be like, you didn't even pronounce it right. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, uh, Dom's mom said, uh, Popolo. Popolo. <laughs> That's a Hawaiian thing. Okay. Uh, mom, mom, mom's all over it. That's good. Wait, what does that mean? Uh, what does Popolo mean? Is Popolo it? means black on black vehicle. Car. <laughs> That's what it means. It's like, you know, uh, mom's listening to this podcast right now. She's both laughing and going to slap me upside the head. When she's yeah, she slap all of us upside the head. Uh, slave 2 was was a name. Wow. <laughs> because Slave 1, slave one is uh, Boba Fett's um, vehicle. I, I don't know exactly what it I don't know exactly. It's a Starfighter, but it's a, uh, I don't know the whole. I, I'm going back to the. Pseudo original, yeah. Sith mobile, I think Sith the Sith mobile. Just call it the Sith. Someone said Vader, uh, Vader for sure. Uh, that was that was Morgan, and then Boston said Mouse Droid. <laughs> if it was smaller, if I was driving a Prius, yeah, and that <laughs> would black, never happen. Black on right? black Prius, yeah, right. for sure. Um, so. I'll name it Mouse Droid, but uh, I think I think I'm gonna stick with Vader. I think Vader is the final. All right, Darth yeah, that's Vader. names. Because it has a mean. But mean when you put all that red face. on black, that's gonna make it well, more Sith. Well, the black on red. Uh, okay, black on red. Red on black. It's black on red. Not black on red. Not red on black. It's just black on black. It's black on black. It's actually blue, and I. We've already um, bought black and red seat covers for it. They're gonna be so confused listening. Exactly. We're just talking shit, man. We gotta go next subject. All right. So or next bottle. So Friday was all hype's first show back. From Yay. COVID, which was crazy, because the last time we played was February 2020, and now finally get, getting our drug First back. First show back in front of human beings. How, how good was that? 150 people were there. How, how good crazy. was that? Hey, really? All the way in. Yeah. Uh, it in didn't seem like there was that many people they in there. Sold, they sold I mean, 150 tickets. They counted people all the way out. The front. No, people did. coming in and out. Oh. Yeah. There was only three people in the building, but a whole <laughs> bunch of tickets were sold. It, it wouldn't have mattered. They, you guys killed it. You I did jumped great. over. Did. I jumped over Jacob, 
and uh, you know moshed with uh, some kids, and uh, at the at the end, which was kind of weird, I didn't realize that uh, that the kids were right there next to uh, you mean Jacob. the little kids. Yeah, the little kids. You knocked over the little kids. Oh, I almost Are kicked him. Me? I almost kicked him in the Dang. face. <laughs> You know the good news is, yeah, you gave him free free uh, all hype glasses. So. Well, I want we didn't have space to put up any of our merch, so I was just I like, know, so screw I was just it, let's just give away all merch. What happened? To, did you crowd surf like you said you were going to? No, I just jumped into the crowd, and they weren't really up close. They, they all moved. They out. all yeah, moved, they moved back. The floor. <laughs> yeah, they all moved out of the way. Yeah, it, you know, the funny thing was, was you bounced. I watched it. It was pretty neat. But everybody was. I see, jumping you're still around. flexible. You've been <laughs> exercising. I've been exercising just a little bit, so you can bounce off the floor. Yeah, just a little bit. My my head could definitely bounce off the floor. That's for sure. Now you guys really you did. You killed it. I was very proud of you. I mean, you know, the hardest thing during COVID is for people to stay focused. And I think you get all hype's been really killing it. You guys put out a second album last year, right? We did put out a second and album. And you got a crap ton of music you've, you're keeping in a locked safe and won't share with anybody. No, August 22nd, you're hearing it not only here first, but uh, if you look at our YouTube video, um, basically August 22nd, we're going to release two new songs. Uh, one is called Waterfront, and the other one is called Sorry that Alika wrote. Well, I helped a little bit with lyrics. No, no, give Alika all it. the it was, credit. No, it's, okay. it's definitely it's definitely Alika's <laughs> song though. He he writes really good songs, and he likes to say that and then his lyrics are you bad. You rough them up a little not. bit, or huh? Then you rough them up a little bit, or well, I I think most of the time, whenever it comes to us writing, I want to always push the boundaries that we can do. Like every time that. We write something. I want us all to have uh, some sort yeah, of songs. feeling to it. So you it, have songs so. behind that? Or are you just going to release those two EPs? Oh, well, or? I mean, I've also been writing other songs, I thought too. you told me a while back you guys had almost a whole other... We're ri- we are writing the album. Mm-hmm. We are writing it. And these two songs are kind of just like, hey, we had the time to put it together and... We can only be in the studio for so long, so we only had time to actually be in the studio, hash out two songs, and then finally they're out of mix and mastering. And but it, it showed you guys have been continuing to stay focused and mm-hmm. write and rehearse. And Plus, we didn't have a lot else. of money to do a whole album over COVID, so we got away with two songs. Well, it's a good thing you had a good hobby then, huh? <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, you probably did more than what most singers and point, stuff right? did. That's true. I mean... Hey, I'm trying to give you compliments, son. Would you pay attention? I, I know. He's just smashing compliments know. right now. Uh, I'm into it, man. That's all right. No, that's but seriously, right. the, the other thing was nothing against the other bands. I just think you guys stood out just the way, you know... Your energy we was fantastic. We were a band in a metal show. You're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was good. I mean, the other bands are great, but uh, um, probably that distinct difference. In Shout the genre. out to I Sweet think the other Clarity, thing was Spirits and uh, Sleep yeah, Signals. And nothing and against them. 30. You guys are all awesome. And uh, you're probably not ever going to listen to this podcast, anyways. But if you do, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. If you do, <laughs> God bless probably you. Probably not. And, uh, and just know, obviously, I'm, I'm biased and all that good stuff, but. Uh, uh, you guys did great. It's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And you know, I, I've said this before. I'd tell you if you sucked. Yeah, you're right. So far, you haven't said anything, so I'm just nah. waiting. I'm stepping on eggshells to this day. I'm going to keep writing the way I do. This um, is awesome. One of these days, I'm going to go into your studio, and I'm going to make one of those yeah, rap no, songs. Yeah, uh, I DeAndre, I have to make a really good uh, beat, and then DeAndre's going to throw bars over it. Yep. Yeah. That's that's going to be your intro? I'm going to be a one-hit wonder. That's going to be your intro. Oh, yep. 
Uh, yeah, it's I, gonna be called mumble rap. Mum, yeah, it's gonna be called mumble rap. Yeah, I'm all about that. I'm all about making fun of mumble rap because they're making way too much money off of absolute garbage. Weren't we listening to the radio today? Um, where it was like you, you can't listen to the entire song of some songs oh also uh our special guest we Kira Landry is said, also here hmm? and uh, <laughs> we just don't have just a microphone said. for her but she is here you. she's here hanging out um what were, what were we saying that you some of the songs are edited be- the, cardi b song. the cardi b song she's literally just cursing all over the song so like only a few words got out only a few <laughs> oh yeah i like cardi b though so. they took the cardi b song and they Took it down from three and a half minutes to 13 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it's 13 seconds of no profanities, and that was it. And then they just wrap it over and over again for three and a half minutes. Basically. Dang. That's most pop pop music. Uh, well, well, yeah, I, I would have believed it. I guess Lil Nas, Lil Nas uh, put out a that, that song. That was a stretch, but that's kind of what they did. Lil Nas put out a new song or something, and uh, I couldn't hear anything because they kept bleeping over most of what he was saying. Uh, that, that was his devil tennis shoes song or something. I'm glad you know what it is because I don't know what it is. Yeah, man. The newest one, the devil, the devil one, where he's mm-hmm. down the strip. Yep, yep. That was late news. That was like two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> two and a half weeks. <laughs> late that's, news. That's late. Uh, come on. This is a new, new is, one? Information is oh, pumping. So probably makes that one hour. look like going to church. I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't. I actually thought of Justin Bieber. Baby. 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 I was thinking of Charo. You don't even know who that is, but <laughs> I was thinking of That's getting about thirty years ri- before my time. Rolled. Never gonna give you up. We were all on different pages. <laughs> we still are. We had so we okay. So hey, we're this is a serious podcast. My dad, my my pops wanted us to have some sort of topics for him. No, that's no, not what and, I said. And uh, that's we, not, dang, right. how are you going to throw him under the? He's on right. everyone under the bus. Right. <laughs> and you know the good news is, I don't have to answer shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we mentioned. Wait, hold on. We mentioned okay. he was in the military. So right. what did you do in the military? Come on, you got to explain oh. your background a little bit, pops. Yeah, I can do that. Um, kind of a long story. I'll make it short. Make, make it. How, how much time I got? Sorry, uh, you, you got time. Okay. You got as much time as you want. So I started out like. A lot of kids come from families that don't have a ton of money and want to go to college. And so I did what most kids my age did in the mid-early 1980s. I went and enlisted in the military. So I enlisted in the Navy, hey. right, DeAndre? Yep. And uh, I, went, I went up. into a very strange program. Not that strange, but most people don't really know much about it. I went to the Navy nuclear engineering program, um, went to the submarine community side. Uh, my favorite joke is that where I landed was completely different from that. Uh, so then when I went to boot camp, which is another interesting story that I'm sure DeAndre can connect with, I had three other of my boot camp company mates knew that I was applying for the Naval Academy and, and other programs and ROTC and all this kind of stuff. And they were like, one, one of them asked me about it. And so he applied, another uh, applied. I had four guys out of my basic training company in the Navy go to the Naval Academy same year, except for one guy went a year ahead of us, which is oh, wow. like, it's normally like one in one million, right? Yeah. So it was, it was pretty cool. So then I landed at the Naval Academy, and I went through the prep school up in Newport, Rhode Island, which for those that don't know, it's kind of like a, a one-year post-high school, kind of just like it sounds, preparatory school, gets you ready academically and whatnot for the Naval Academy. 
went to Annapolis for four years. And the interesting thing was the first day I stepped in there, I knew that uh, I didn't want to be a submariner. But I wanted to be a Marine. I know. I was going to say, oh, right? the subs. So that's, that's always my joke when I meet somebody from the submarine community. I said, you know, yeah, I used to be in the submarine community. And then I wanted to be a real Marine. Oh. Oh. They all love it. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Good, good, oh, good, good news is I can still take most of them. You like that? Oh, that was man. good. That was so funny. So, oh, so when I graduated the Naval Academy, I went into the Marine Corps and got commissioned a uh, second lieutenant in the Marine Corps. Then I quickly took orders to. This is another fun story. Um, the Marine Corps is kind of unique. When you select, uh, you either select ground or air, unless you get some other special purpose, like you're a lawyer coming into the Marine Corps, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so once you go to what we have is a six-month uh, basic officers training program, which the other services have started to develop things like that over the years, but uh, this is always unique to the Marine Corps. And it's really based on our core ethos that every Marine officer is an infantry officer first, and every Marine is an infantryman or woman first. Mm-hmm. And then you go on and you pick your specialty. You could be in logistics or intelligence or infantry or whatever, whatever, right? And so... When I was going through, we had the service selection right at the end of the six-month training pipeline. And uh, they do it by thirds. So they do quality spreads, so the top third, middle third, bottom third. And then so wherever you fall out, when you select your job, your MOS or whatever, right, mm-hmm. military occupation specialty, um, they put one in each of the thirds or three in each of the thirds. So you might be top of the class and you want something – that three guys in the bottom of the class are going to get kind of thing. So it's the quality spread, right? Oh, okay. So I ended up having three different MOS assigned to me, right? And, then the, the, and each one had a different kind of like location that I was trying to go to. And um, initially I wanted to go to Hawaii, West Coast, East Coast, right? And we were in the, on the East Coast in Virginia. And uh, long story short with that, we ended up get, getting orders, but I didn't have the paperwork yet. And we were getting ready to graduate within a few, few days. And it was very distinct to me. It was April, well, it was March 31st, um, 1994. And we happened to have this little place in the, the officer's training location there called the Hawk. And so we went down there and we'd kind of have beers and talk story. And uh, the CO of the base, basic school was there and uh, said, yeah, you know, heard your MOS and location got changed or whatever. Um, is there anything we can do for you? Because short time frame, I was married. You know, my wife had a job, Michael's mother. She mm-hmm. had a career before she met me. She probably thinks about that every day, but uh, maybe not. I don't know. I think she got a better career. But, <laughs> She'll um, probably listen to this. Right. Unless she's... Uh, she will. She'll definitely listen to this. Oh, you got to uh, give them She the listened quick... last week, said she loved it. Or, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah. What were your uh, MOS choices um, that you had? So I was uh, infantry, um, artillery. Um, and I had actually initially looked to go marine air, marine aviation, but I decided to go ground for a long story that mm-hmm. I'll get to, uh, cause I was also looking at intelligence, yeah. right? And that was because at the last year I was at the Naval Academy where I studied Russian language. And the reason I studied Russian was doing political science, international relations. Can you speak Russian? Oh, you should have been here when I was reading the podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys would have been fluent. Well, so I, I had a great opportunity. I actually got to go to Moscow and study in Moscow State University oh, wow. in 1992. 
right after the fall of Soviet Union and things and interesting. So I had this idea that, you know, I wanted to do something else, right? And there's actually a program in the military. It's called Foreign Area Officers, right? Some, some know it as an acronym, FAO. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the State Department has foreign service officers that go over and, and, and specialize in working with other countries and doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what a foreign area officer does from a military perspective, you know, which at the time you couldn't become a foreign area officer until you were commissioned I think it was nine years at the time or something like that. So I had to wait. So we took orders. We went to Japan um, where this guy eventually will have been born, not actually in Japan, but uh, while we were stationed in Japan. And uh, we were there for six and a half years. Then I went into this foreign area officer program. And then for most of the rest of my career, I, I did that kind of work where I work with foreign countries and we get, we get to study languages and cultures and history. So the takeaway is there's a lot of cool things you can do in the military. It's not just, you know, um, simple things. How many years did you serve? What's that? How many years did you serve? I did 27 years in uniform oh, wow. on active duty and retired in 2013, right? Started in 1986. And uh, 2013, I took a weekend off and... Took the, took the uniform off, retired, and started on the next Monday uh, working as a civilian for kind of the same f- field and same stuff that I've been doing for years. Mm-hmm. And uh, still doing that today. Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. A lot of years. Everybody's sitting here who is listening to the podcast is doing the math. Holy sh- He really is old, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Dad, how old will you be on... Your birthday is what, Tuesday, August 10th? Yeah, so I will be... Um, another year older. <laughs> I'll let everybody else do the and math. And deeper in debt. That's another old song. You guys can look that one. As one you're day. drinking your rogue dead guy. That's right. <laughs> hey man. Hey, this weekend I'm about 27 and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. No. After this weekend, you're definitely yeah. like back in your 20s. Yeah. I'm just cut it in half. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Yeah, we went to the Rogue Brewing Company, and uh, that was awesome. That was really cool. What did you end up having? Thank you, Kira, for that recommendation. Yeah. Um, What did uh, Michael wanted to go back to Chick Fil A? Yeah, I love Chick Fil A. (laughs) I wanted PDX sliders, but we ended up eating that for dinner instead. We still had PDX sliders. Yeah, we still had PDX sliders. Right. Yeah, they're so good. (laughs) Anytime I get a chance, it's like, oh yeah, PDX. Well, you know that's. Interesting because as we drive around Portland, the one thing that strikes me is how many options you have, right? Yeah, just so many. Don't options. get stuck in your ways, man. Hey, you know when something is good. <laughs> oh my God, uh, Smokey is on crack right now. No, on crack nip. Crack nip. Uh, why'd you give her cat nip before why, the podcast? Why not give her cat nip? <laughs> I mean, I think she would ask you the same question yeah, if she could talk. No, I think she's uh, she's entering a dimension that we cannot fathom. Look at the hair's rays friend. on the back of her. My soul left her What? She's <laughs> You didn't see that. It's been flying through. And I'll, it's been, been, I'll eventually get a fourth uh, microphone so that we can I like to, have everybody's. Earlier when you were calling Smokey up on the couch and she jumped on the couch and you jumped higher than she did coming on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> you called the cat up and you got scared. My bad. Um. Wait, I gotta, so what's the craziest story you've had from in the military oh. from being like... Yeah. The craziest story. Uh, yeah. The craziest story you can tell us. 
Yeah, that you can't tell this. Yeah, that takes 80% off the plate for me. Thanks. <laughs> um, there's another 10% that are not fit for the pod, the cast pod. Um, you can say whatever you want. No, it's only because your mom's going to listen to this later. It's not about <laughs> anybody else. Uh, no, it's 27 minutes in. Trust me, no one listens in, uh, unless it's an hour, hour long. Mm. <laughs> or 20, it was like a 10 know. minutes or an hour. <laughs> I don't know, like uh, really cool, interesting, like perspective story or like cultural, historical, or like, wow, that was freaking crazy. Get, or give both. Us, or Give us both. Um, we're drinking and we're listening. Right on. <laughs> That makes it really easy. <laughs> I think I'll pick uh, two stories. One uh, was in 1992 when I went to Moscow State University to do a summer internship program thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a few of my classmates with me. We, we all met these Russian students. A couple of them had been in uh, the, their military. Um, I don't know if I believe them or not. I think one of them said he was Spetsnaz with Special Forces at the time. But what they did do is they introduced us to their um, their jump school. They're like Fort Benning. Mm-hmm. It's south of Moscow. Oh, I remember and, this story. Okay. And uh, essentially, at the fall of the Soviet Union, of course, everybody's like getting entrepreneur and trying to make money, and military's kind of like disjointed. And So they actually, on the weekends, instead of where they train all their parachuters, they would they had a, a sportsman's club, right? So people go there and just jump for fun and, you know, pay and whatnot. But they'd also put you through their jump school, like the fast short course oh, and then wow. take you up and throw you out of Russian planes. So we did that and we did it a few times, uh, which was, which was really cool. Uh, and it's got two spinoffs to it, which was really interesting. one of the guys we met, um, he happened to be the, with the first group that jumped on the North pole, right? Oh, Actually jumped okay. onto the North pole. And so he, he invited us back to his, his uh, little flat um, one night to kind of like sit around and do it. Russians do well. Drink vodka and talk story. Wait, uh, vodka? Right? Am I wrong for the first right. podcast for no. saying that? No. You're not. You're no. not. And I believe me, I've, I've, I've been well trained and served over the years. To, um, and I'm, I'm glad that God gave me a titanium liver uh, to put up with it. It's Irish. Uh, that's yeah. right. So anyway, so we go back to this guy's uh, apartment. Probably not much bigger than yours right here. But we've got like 10 of us in there, and we're kind of like just sitting around the table and talk the story. He's got one of those old projector slideshows, if you guys know what I'm talking about, that kind of spin in yeah, circles, little, little ones, right? Yeah. And uh, so he's showing us the whole trip up to the North Pole, how they flew to one location and boat to another location and snowmobile in and then get picked up and all this kind of stuff. And then you saw Bigfoot. And then I saw Bigfoot. But <laughs> the cool part of the story is... The, sh- the parachute, if you know anything about jumping out of an airplane, right? First of all, you got to be just nuts enough to jump out of a perfectly good airplane. Um, yeah, you do. But it's a lot of fun. Is the parachute was actually made out of woven paper? What so paper parachute? I mean, it was very, very thick part. paper, right? And that reason was because the properties of that particular paper product wouldn't freeze at that temperature. Whereas cloth would freeze oh. and stuff like that, right? So that was the only that was the parachute that I don't know how many people they probably killed to figure that out. But you know. I was going to say that's crazy. <laughs> right. Throw them out. Let's see what but happens. The best part of it is he actually gave me a piece of the first chute that jumped onto the North Pole. Oh, um, and oh, signed so it, cool. and autographed it, and I lost it. It's in my shit somewhere in South Carolina, I think. But uh, no, no, no. Seriously, uh, it was a fantastic story. Then he comes out. And it's an unofficial thing, but he comes out with a tray of, like, Soviet jump wings 
for all the group mm -hmm. that was there. So as a U.S. military guy and, uh, you know, with a couple of my classmates and a couple other civilians that were with us, we all walked out of there with Soviet jump wings, which is one-of-a-kind kind of thing to get, right? And the other thing was because they still didn't have Russian jump wings yet. They hadn't transitioned. So they still had all the old Soviet kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. was kind of cool. So that was my first cool story. How was that one? That was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. I was fully engaged at the whole story. Right on, man. I know. I got this laser. I don't know if there's like a booze behind me that you're staring at or something. No. Um, probably the second really cool story. Uh, actually, there's two I'm thinking of from Indonesia that really jump out. Same both. Yeah. So the first one is in a place um, called Yogyakarta or Jogjakarta. If anybody's ever been to Indonesia, it's on the main island of Java. And it's across from... Um, the capital of Jakarta, across the island. Go do your geography lesson later and, and look it up. But uh, where Yogyakarta is, it's one, two things. It's one of their major like education centers. They have tons of universities there and university students. But it's also a tourist location too, right? And they've got this place that's about, I think it's 45 minutes to an hour right outside of Yogyakarta. It's called Bora Badur, right? And I said that as slow as I possibly Bora could. Bora Dubor. Bora Badur. Oh, I B O R Bora A Bador B A D U R or something close to that. Uh, Border Bador, right? So Border Bador, if people know about Angkor Wat in Cambodia, right? What you think of uh, what was it's it Tomb Raider or whatever in and all those movies? No, 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 that good song too. But um, <laughs> what was the movie um, where they're like going through the um, temples and all that? What's her uh, name? The actress? What's that? Oh, uh, the Tomb Raider movies? Yeah, it was, I remember if it was Tomb the, Raider. Is that the Angelina Jolie Tomb yeah, Raider? Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I think that was, that was filmed at like Angkor Wat, right? So people kind of know that scene of an ancient temple in Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Well, Border Bador was actually older than Angkor Wat, and it was, I forget how many miles that is, 700 miles southwest of Angkor Wat, which is up in Cambodia, is in Indonesia, Border Bador. Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting structure because... It's a round structure, and I believe it, I'm probably going to mess this up, but I think it's got the seven levels, you know, like ascending to heaven kind of thing, and it's got all these old ancient uh, Buddha images, you know, in, in just gorgeous location. So you climb up to the top of that thing in the morning, and uh, probably one of the coolest moments I had was sunrise, sitting at the top of this ancient temple that was lost for like 800 years, and I'm looking out, and you guys probably see on TV every once in a while there's a volcano that erupts in Indonesia quite often. It's called Merapi. So there's, there's the volcano, and right next to it is a, is a mountain. And so I asked about that, and they said, well, the mountain was actually made by the volcano because it spews this direction. And so it oh, looks wow. like two sister mountains, but one's a volcano and the other's um, basically the re residual of that uh, volcano so like erupting a over you like know, a molten hundreds rainbow. of thousands of years kind of thing. It's really, really cool. And then you're sitting right over the top of the jungle, and Indonesia, and in the morning you get that like nice white fog that kind of raises up, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, man, I got to share this. So I happen to have because this was in 2003, 2002. So we just had these things called cell phones back then. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we actually did. They were, you know, they were about the size of a, you know, telephone book. But uh, you don't even know what a telephone book is, do you? No, I do. I do. <laughs> I that's that's another are, ancient kind enough. of thing. I'm we talking about yellow, ancient temples like and yellow, ancient, you know, culture like 
you know, you know a yep. Nokia phone. Yeah, like a flip phone. Yellow pages, white Correct. pages. Correct. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I always wanted, I wanted a razor. razor so bad. Golly, you know, pager. I had What'd my first it? phone was a BlackBerry. The razor? Actually, yeah, oh, the Motorola razors. No, that's like way progressed. Like, Hello, Moto. When you turn <laughs> Hello, it on. Hello, Moto. <laughs> my first two phones was a nin- Nintendo um, Nokia flip phone. It was actually a right? Nintendo. <laughs> And a, uh, a Game Boy was uh, your first My Blackberry, <laughs> right? You know, the good old Blackberries, right? I had one of the original ones that was, you know, the screen was about that big and it's black and white. The Blackberries were like yeah. super high tech at that time. Oh, yeah. time, yeah. I mean, you know, government dumped a bunch of money into them and now they're sucking it because they still got all these Blackberries and contracts and stuff. And there are still people that use Blackberries, by the way. I don't oh, know wow. if they listen to this podcast, but if they do. They, they'll tell you. I imagine um, Spotify has an app. So for I pull out my Barry. telephone book size cell phone and I call your mom up in Thailand. So we were living in Bangkok at the time. And then this guy's living in Bangkok. He's going to a British international school. Oh, um, British. I actually got held back when I went to the U.S. because I went and I did second grade twice. First grade. First grade twice? Yeah. I'm part British. So anyways, long story short, <laughs> I call her up and I'm and I I give her kind of the same description I gave you. Maybe it was more poetic, I don't know. But uh so that was my second cool story. And then the th- follow on to that in Indonesia would probably be when I went to Komodo Island. Yeah, like the Komodo Dragons. Oh, this right? is uh-huh. and a friend of mine, he and I were traveling throughout the islands and uh we got an opportunity to get there so it sits between Two of the main major islands. It's, it's literally like the island of Dr. Moreau, like Dinosaur Island out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, the only way to get there is you have to get on a fishing boat. So we rented a fishing boat overnight, took the boat out to Komodo Island, stayed overnight, fished off the side of the boat. It was fantastic. It was great. Um, and you're going through some pretty treacherous waters down there. It's the Nusa Tenggara Straits. If anybody's taking notes they can write that down next to Borobudur they can re- but, uh, they can rewind right? this yeah well, they can <laughs> pause and whatever just rewind like 10 uh, seconds and so you get there and there's only like I think it's one kilometer of the island that's fenced and then the rest of it's all wild right so the fences keep the dragons out and all that kind of stuff yeah right? Jurassic Park yeah no it's, it's totally Jurassic Park that's what I'm saying and uh, so to get in we had to get in a rowboat and like rowing in you know or like they you know, actually Captain Jack though. Black going from you know the, the pirate boat onto the island we get there, we get a uh, a tour guide, it's a ranger, take the two of us and him, and we go walk in about, I don't know, it's about five clicks in, five kilometers in. For those on, on that don't know kilometers, it's about three miles, 3.1 miles, 3.2 miles. So, and now we're in, the, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, sun's coming up, and we come across these two male Komodos that are, both of them about the length of your living room here, right? And they're laying next to each other. And the guy's like, yeah, this is extremely rare because it's mating season and they would normally be fighting each other, but they're just now getting their blood temperature up. They're sitting there, you know, because uh, they're cold-blooded, right? And uh, we're like, this is pretty cool. He's like, yeah, okay, so let's head back. That's so a dad let me joke tell of you, the night. Let me tell you a couple of stories. He said, um, <laughs> we've had two people attacked. One apparently was this, like, 70-year-old archaeologist or anthropologist that was camping on the island and went back for something he thought he lost he was in a group he got separated and the only way they found him was they found this absolute true uh, regurgitated skull right Mm -hmm. and then the other one was a young lady who you know 
Um, and I know this is a over 21 podcast. So she was uh, at that time of the month. And so the, the dragon actually tracked her because he could smell the menstruation. Oh, my gosh. And she was bit, but they were able to uh, get her off the island. And the reason it is, because if you don't know, that they've got horrible bacteria in the way they basically die as you get infected by it. And then they, you they track fire. you and eat you, right? So, but the island is actually covered in deer and all kinds of other species and things. And that's what the Komodo normally eats on. And mm -hmm. it's not normally... Um, menstruating tourists or old people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh my God. I can't believe <laughs> you followed the second. Did you pause it? Huh? Are we no, still no, on? No, no, no. We're still on. Ah, yeah. I thought I'd shut you down there. No, man. no, no. It, wasn't no. That big. Just, it, keeps, it keeps doing its thing. He's like, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. We're only 40 minutes in. You, you said menstruating. <laughs> Stop the show. <laughs> All right. We've got to take a quick pause here. <laughs> we've got the... We've got the um, Federal communications coming in and like you know censoring. Oh no, yeah, I don't think so. We're we're not big enough. We're not big enough to be paused. No, but I don't think we're depraved enough either. That's what's a good thing. <laughs> Let's keep it that way. Yeah. Um, wait, is that the end of the story? So yeah, those are those are my kind of two cool stories. I could give you two hundred more. We got two more time, but yeah. So mm -hmm. the thing I would say there is that. There's such diverse opportunities to kind of go around and see just really cool and unimaginable things. And crazy. I've been extremely fortunate, um, and even more fortunate, I've been able to drag my family around with me. And you know, this guy's born when we lived in Japan, lived in Thailand, traveled around. We they, they were able to come. In fact, they were in Bali when I was on Komodo Island. You know, kind of hanging out and and whatnot. So, okay. yeah, fun stuff. So many experiences. Yeah, I haven't done much with my life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I haven't done much. Right, so that's, uh, I was going to endorse that comment. But. Oh, my God. You're not supposed to throw yourself under the bus, no, son. No, no. Yeah. Very, Wait, so do, right. I've done do you a lot. remember a lot of that at all or any of it? Um, I remember being naked on my tricycle when uh okay, that's I was, a no why is that story <laughs> coming to you first Jeez, that was in california <laughs> that wasn't even a, an interesting play well it was interesting it was um i remember Monterey. i remember going to school in thailand i remember going to school in thailand with the british do you remember the uh, bali with the lizard coming down the water slide uh i think so so they have the little um monitor lizards they're kind of little cousin distance cousins to komodos and we're it's basically in, we're iguana. In, Place called Nusa Dua, another name to write down. Look up later for geography lesson. It's like the kind of high end of Bali Island, and we're staying at a Hyatt. Before that, I was staying in a backpack packer hostel, and then these guys flew in, so I had to go up a few scales for me. Um, my my wife glamps; she doesn't camp, you know, if, if you know what that means. Right? There's no no such thing as camping under five star hotel level. Uh, so we're staying at the Hyatt, and they got this really cool water slide kind of pool and this guy's coming down the water slide and right behind him as he comes in the water right behind him comes one of these like three foot monitor lizards right, right Wait, into the water <laughs> <laughs> and of course your mother's screaming her head off he was coming out, for running, you you know and I'm, I'm in the water with you so i'm i'm like oh that's great man. That's cool. <laughs> oh wait where's my son what the hell oh geez you didn't remember that story no i don't okay I've dodged death in many ways. 
No, it wasn't after you. It was just it was actually having a good time. It was it actually got in line at the top of the slide. It waited for you to go first and it just caught up with you. <laughs> he, just caught he saw he, he saw this uh, this this little kid go down the slide. He's like, that sounds like a good idea. It's time to go. <laughs> I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember being in Thailand. Um, I remember in Japan that uh, the Japanese uh, women that mom was teaching English to. Yeah, used to come to the house. Uh, and... They used to come to the house, yeah. and I remember getting my head like, like absolutely attacked because attacked. they love <laughs> they loved he had blonde white babies. blonde hair there at the time. And so they just go up and they just, just rub your they head. Just I had the bowl cut and everything. Oh, you had a bowl yeah. cut. I had the bowl cut and everything. No, it wasn't that bad. I don't remember the bowl it, cut. It was, it was Definitely bad. in Thailand you did because yeah. it was hot. <laughs> we had, we had your little had the bowl cut. high and tight, you know, look. Uh, look? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bowl cut, Dad. We can all agree no. with it. Bowl, bowl cut's a bowl cut. Bowl cut. Whole sides and back shaved. And then you had long hair on the top. Uh, I pretty much have the same thing now. It's just slicked back instead of in a bowl shape. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember that. Uh, I also remember the remember your first word. Uh, taco, which is actually like takoyaki, like the... octopus. Right. Yeah. My first word was actually a Japanese word. Really? Yeah. Which yeah. is funny because he would only go to eat McDonald's, and everybody else would be eating, you know, sushi and sashimi, and. Because you know, I couldn't get... And if he couldn't put ketchup on it, he didn't want to eat it. That's true. When he was growing up. Oh. I, I, really loved, I really loved chicken katsu, actually. Yeah, you did like that chicken same, katsu. For yeah. that same reason. Yeah. And then I eventually gained a taste for uh, sushi and... Yeah. Well, I think, um, you, I think you gained it through did local you put, Hawaiian yeah, spam musubi. True. Which, by the way, apparently today is musubi day. Oh, oh that's right. Dang, we should have gotten... No, Grinds is with, closed at a... Uh, hey. I'm gonna get them for Christmas. I'm gonna give them well, a bottle can, of ketchup. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, now you know. Get him a can of spam and a bottle of ketchup. Just, oh my god! I'll go to Costco get a bulk. There you go. Of ketchup. Go. Honestly, yes. no. I thought you were gonna just say spam because then that'd be useful. I'll get the ketchup. <laughs> and you get the spam. Kira's gonna get the spam. I'm gonna get the ketchup. Uh. Okay. Be like, remember, you got to put this on everything. <laughs> I'm going to have so much ketchup in my diet now. I've done so well with my meal preps and everything that now everything has to have ketchup. <laughs> yep, there you go. I'm just going to have it in my bag. Uh, I don't remember what else. Um, oh, I remember... Uh, Underneath his pillow. <laughs> uh, what's the what's the tower mall thing no, in life. Bangkok? Um, it's the... I don't know, there's really a couple of them laughing. You, <laughs> your mom probably knows. Um, I, sp- I spent most of the time in Thailand, right out of Thailand. Or it's one of the... Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what it's called. Um, the shopping center tower. Yeah, the shopping center about. tower. Yeah, yeah, well, Uncle It and Auntie Goy used to take me there all the time, and then I would get chicken yeah. katsu at the top. And I'd put, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. up at the top of the... Um, I'd put a shoyu and ketchup. With mm-hmm. my rice and my <laughs> mm-hmm. and my chicken katsu, we've lost your audience. They're, they're Sorry, like I'm still. Anymore. We're cracking jokes about you and ketchup. Oh, of course. You know, you just have ketchup underneath your pillow, and then in the middle of the night, you wake up. Oh, ketchup! You want to be really pull it out. <laughs> it's better than water. You know, yeah. I hate to stay hydrated. I hate, toma- stay I hate tomatoes, but I love ketchup. 
like tomatoes on burgers. You know, that's and not stuff. the first time I've heard. But that you know before. what's funny is I noticed now that you've fallen in love with this Chick Fil A sauce stuff. So. Oh God, Chick Fil A sauce is so good, so good. I have some in my, I have some in my, uh, dude, in I, my fridge. We, if you did, want you know right that now. they're selling Chick Fil A sauce in its actual like oh, squeeze yeah. container yeah, now? Are. Yeah, he's gonna <laughs> replace it with ketchup. I mean, think about it. You've had a fantastic weekend. You got to play back in front of live human beings again. Yeah. You killed it. You guys did a great show. You, Lika, and Dom. You get a car, and you got a bottle of Chick-fil-A sauce. I did get a bottle of Chick-fil-A sauce. I, that's I don't true. Know. Dang, that's a solid week. Easy. Yeah, that's nice. Easy. Yeah. Easy weekend. Happened before. And you Went to work, came back, too. boom. Yep, and yeah. saw Pops. That's honestly, that's the highlight. That's, that's the it. highlight. It's got to see Pops. You got him on the podcast. That was my uh, birthday present. See mm-hmm. you guys. See you guys back playing again. That's mm-hmm. really, really good stuff. I can't wait. You're gonna play on September fourth, right? Yeah, that's gonna be the next live show. So far, um, we're planning a bunch of different things. Actually, I was talking with. Um, I moved it away from one. the microphone. Um, and that was so polite of you. They I know. probably still heard it. The, the sound traveled less. I know. Um, I'm a gassy boy. Uh, You're gassy. Doesn't that come out of your butt? No, gassy. Gassy is just in general. Right? It's like burps. Hey, don't get distracted there, champion. Anywho. So. September 4th, uh, you're playing at the Hawthorne something. We're playing at Hawthorne Hideaway with uh, College Radio from Seattle, uh, Noise Brigade here from Portland, and Old Cross here from Portland. It's going to be the first show back in Portland. It's $5 at the door. and you know, bring all your friends. It's gonna be absolutely nuts. I'm excited. I'm excited for that too. show. All those bands I really love listening well, to the music. If, and if I'm in this part of the universe, I will be there. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I don't have to fly out to. <laughs> well, you guys are moving to Monterey, so. You yeah, gotta, but I'm supposed gotta... to fly out of country on September second. I told you. Yeah, that. that's true. So, can you change the show? Uh, no. <laughs> to accommodate me? Not. It's it's on a Saturday. Yeah, thanks. That's right before I go to California. Is it really? Oh, okay. That's perfect. How long are you going to be gone for? Uh, September 8th to the 14th. Oh, okay. No, okay. you still be here. Hmm? September 8th? Yeah. It's He said right before right. is what he was saying. Oh, right saying. on. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's perfect. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, I really want to get all hype back to Hawaii, which is one of my main goals for... Hopefully either uh, by the end of this year or by uh, beginning of next year. I want to definitely get us back on the island. And that would be take a me with fun you. show. Yeah. Dude, I, you're my carry-on. so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stash you in the carry-on. You know I'm always there to help you guys set up, <laughs> so just bring me with you. I, there you go. De- I think we've said this before, but uh, DeAndre is really good at being stuck in very small spaces. So I imagine I can put you in. <laughs> I am... I'm a professional at small spaces. <laughs> He's actually. I'm an expert. He his side gig is a cir- circus delay. <laughs> the I'm the man in the box. <laughs> Your dad looks so confused. <laughs> you gotta listen to the podcast, pops. It, it's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'll go back three or four weeks and catch up to this. Conversation. Yeah, you'll catch up. I yeah. can fit in a lot of small spaces. Basically, over over COVID, um, we were playing hide and go seek in the dark. 
And, of course, DeAndre was hiding in spaces that some humans literally should have not been stuck in. And with me being 6'1", I managed to do it. <laughs> you're, you're like, right. I, I'm like thinking, what, under the desk over here? Inside the cat tower? Where, I mean, I also would try. This is, bef- this is before uh, he moved here. This is back in the old spot oh, over yeah, by yeah. the town center. Cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so I missed a small spaces joke, but, but yeah. we can keep moving. Um, but yeah, definitely that, uh, definitely want to get back to Seattle. Uh, Seattle is always fun. That was, that was the last show. I just want to get you guys consistently playing 2020 in front of people again, because they're, they're out there, man. They want to hear all hype. Scene needs to to be revived. It definitely needs to go through a renaissance. Um, and you know, if there are human beings listening to this podcast, please pass the word, support your local bands, please support your local bands. That is Absolutely. With, I mean, unless you just don't like music, and then you're probably not listening to this podcast. Well, I think but, what really yeah. sucks is that um, a lot of local music or smaller bands that weren't signed to anything, um, a lot of them quit. A lot of them quit doing it well, because I'm saying, Australia, you guys, man, it's just stayed focused. And... It's sad but true, and you know, honestly, it gives the opportunity for people to do new things, and that's great, but. I think the problem with the industry as it is right now um, is is that a lot of it like there's good there's good bands falling through the cracks, but a lot of them I'm personally I don't yep. think that they try to push the envelope. I think they just try to get by. Well, I would also maybe suggest that you know they say iron sharpens iron, right? The harder things are, the the stronger and better you get. So that builds resiliency. So if you have some shitty situation like now, right, and it's totally against small up and coming bands, and if you're the one the band that can stay focused, you're going to come out stronger and more resilient, and and that's good. So well, even in that right? sense, I I I want to be. So in other words, the other bands were probably not meant to be if they didn't already have the level of commitment to to, I to think, fight off. I think it's like just this. commitment. Because yeah, yeah, I, totally. I think that's probably one of the hardest things. Now, anybody... some, some people say it might be money, too. But, well, you know, that's true. That's... We, we all get that. Yeah. But, uh, hey, some of the richest people on the planet were you jackass know. poor before they got there. Exactly. Right. Living out so. of their cars and doing all this stuff. Right. I mean, like, when it, it can't, at least in my thought process, that's why I, I love the bands that we play with and that we are surrounded by a lot because, like, College Radio, they're kicking ass up in Seattle. Same as like uh, Green Lake Basement, Netter, a uh, bunch of bands up there. And then there's like, and they're keeping the scene alive up there. But when it comes like down here in Portland, I mean, there's like us, Noise Brigade, Old Cross, Glacier Veins, um, and I don't know who else. Did is you doing ever reach music. out to uh, who was Uncle's? Stefan's contact down in Los Angeles. Uh, God, I don't know. There's too many people names. You guys need to start using that thing called technology, man, and get a network going. And then, of course, yeah, no, San Diego and, like, uh, trying to get a show, trying to get a lot of shows set up down there because if we're going to San Diego, we have to go through San Francisco, and we have to play the Bay Area. That'll be fun. Well, that's like the guys you guys played with this weekend. Right. Technically from Minneapolis, right? Yeah. Minnesota? Yeah, Sleep Signals is from Minneapolis. They've been hanging out over here for a little bit, but... uh, and then, of course, like definitely want to go to the East Coast and do all that stuff. Gotta be, gotta be a road warrior. Gotta grind. Just gotta keep doing it. Yeah, that's the that's the unfortunate stuff. Is like, I think also too, I, a lot of people, at least from my my point, I don't think like obviously, I don't think all hype is like super great in that sense too. I think there's a lot of things we can always like 
do better and at least maybe maybe that's like, humble of you but i'm gonna say you guys are super great wait super great in what i mean okay as in like we're or we're bad we're bad at doing um i want to say we're bad at doing like marketing stuff only in the sense that like when it comes to us we're very we're very diy we're old-fashioned in the sense that we want to just you know tell the people that we talk to and then they tell other people and when it comes to social media it's really hard for us because you know we're we're spending most of our time writing new stuff doing setting up shows going to work doing all these different things and we just don't have the time to just be all over the internet we've gotten better but what i'm saying is it's like I, the, it's a whole other ball game now. So no, it, true. when it comes to yeah, when it comes true. to like why we've paid so much attention and we spent most of our time doing like a live set and we just recorded it in our studio just so that people could get the chance to actually hear us and like see how it is for us to edit and play like in the studio and what it's like to kind of get a glimpse of our lives is that we spend a lot of time just getting to the grindstone and instead of going on like youtube and trying to connect with all that stuff um but but there are a lot of bands that do both and i think that is something that you know most bands it's just understanding the market and understanding the most people want to be most people want to listen to bands that they can hang out with like in the sense that even though like the internet is such a giant place that there's so much potential there that you just got to kind of look at it like, you know, I can reach these people by literally just sending them a message now. Right, I can just follow not, it, them. I, I, don't think, I don't think it's that binary that you got to be making music or marketing music. Right. Right. But at the same time, it's also probably evolutionary. You know, you guys have been together for a little while, right? Been, right. been together for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. But these things are evolutionary. And probably the most important thing is, COVID made that significantly, uh, not that it was new, but a part of the business. You had like when you guys did a couple shows online, right? That kind of, although, right. although you didn't like it, I know it sucked and everything. It's but just still, weird. you put the music out there. That's the same concept of marketing, right? You know, you got to keep you got to keep the brand tight. You got to keep the music great, and you got to keep looking for new ways, right? But right. I wouldn't. You know, humbly, I wouldn't beat yourselves up over you guys aren't professional marketers and whatnot, but you're doing a good job of, you know, like you got, you know, Jacob, you brought on to help out with right. putting some of that, Shout that out AV to stuff Optic together, right? I mean, that, that's really cool. And, he's, and uh, obviously, I just saw that for the first time and, and whatnot. And, you know, you have been putting it out there and so on and so forth. I'm sure there's somebody that could fall out of the sky and become your professional mm-hmm. marketer. And if you're listening, please call 1-808-294-1234. It's like the late night commercials. <laughs> but I mean, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit because yeah. I know throughout COVID and everything, you guys were posting all those videos um, online and then you guys are going live. There's just and so much posting. to do. And, and then even word, ridiculous. Even word of mouth, that's still a type of marketing and it's still very powerful. That's Well, that's what we, I mean, we grew up on that a sense. And I think what, all hype tries to do, at least in, I mean, personally, in my sense, is that I've always wanted to um, connect with bands not uh, so that they can go back to Hawaii, so that they can go and, like, visit. Because I feel like there's such a potential for Hawaii to be such a big music mecca, more than just, like, obvious reggae and obvious pop music yeah, and is, obvious... Man. But, like, 
But I feel like it needs to be like how Nashville is. Nashville, no, not a lot of people know this, but Nashville is not just a country mecca. It is literally like music mecca. True, and, true, true. And, and I would suggest, but I feel like Hawaii should be kind of like that in between Nashville. I would Nashville. suggest that you think about a couple things, right? Like, Wait, you got to come up more on your mic microphone. I would suggest that you do a couple other things. <laughs> His voice dropped and everything. <laughs> So I would suggest that you go back to, like, your roots of living in Hawaii and studying in Hawaii. You know, things like going up to, uh, um, oh, what was the place for First Thursdays? Um, what was the venue up there in Wahiwa? Was it the old? Oh, uh, Dots. Dots, Dots, yeah. You know, doing the First Thursday at Dots, so those that don't know what that Just is. open mic nights, it basically. Was, it was kind of open mic night, but really it was like, you know, church for music in Hawaii and some of the old, uh, old school uncles, you know, that, I mean, some, some of them had been, you know, with Santana, others, I mean, just across the spectrum of type of music. And they invited everyone that wanted to come there and play no matter what your genre. So we had ukulele in there. We had Hawaiiana, we had reggae, we had metal, we had these guys, we had country, and it really wasn't about the genre of music. It was Just being showcases. around other musicians that can then come, like, you know, it was it was like an uh, intellectual exchange from the old to the young kind of thing, which is really cool. And the other thing I would say is, don't forget about what was the program you were at with the University of Hawaii, the Melee program. Oh, right? yeah, the Melee program. Right? Which is the whole music program they have. And mm-hmm. they actually have a sister relationship with, what's the school in Nashville? Uh... The music school. Honestly, I don't know. I just I just blanked on the name. I of can't. It. I can't so think of it. There's actually very vast, diverse, and rich history of music in Hawaii. M- Michael's right. Much past what most people realize. You know, m- most that don't know any better. Um, you know, every genre of music is is in Hawaii. And to include something that was developed in Hawaii called the steel guitar, which most country and Western fans know the steel guitar. Right, exactly. But it was actually developed in, in Hawaii. Right? Yeah. So. Is it called Nashville Music Academy? Probably. No, I think it's Belmont. Belmont I'm, University? It's Belmont, right? Yeah. Belmont's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. So. But, like, but like what I was saying is basically I feel like when it comes, to, when it comes down to it, most people want to move to L.A. Most people want to move to New York. Most people want to do want to go where like the you want to change that. I want to change that because I think most people want to want to go to Hawaii right now too. And New York is great, but when it comes down to it, there's so much more potential to go to other countries. That Hawaii is just a a great crossroads, a great stomping ground to you know go to like Australia, to go to Japan, to go to South Korea, go to like. Well, that's what we've been talking about. What to do with you guys? I know. Right. And then there's the money thing. (laughs) Well, we'll work on that. Yeah, exactly. But it's just I feel like. There's so there's so much of a disconnect when it comes to like what where do you go to actually um, go listen to music uh, at a I guess less than just going to your popular venues and whatnot um, and in Portland Portland's the same way and then you're in between Seattle and you're in between all of California which San Francisco all of Bay Area has a really great music scene L A just plain and simple, San Diego. You're trying to tell me that Portland's cool? 
Yeah. There <laughs> I'm is not, actually, not even selling it. I'm just it, in itself. I don't, I don't think you need to sell anything. It doesn't need to be sold. Especially not to probably anybody that's listening right now. It's, but it's they're probably like, in Portlandia. But like, in, Portland. in general, I mean, there's just so much. And I say that with dear affection. I really do. I, I instantly thought of the TV show. But yeah. I think, exactly. I think just right? one of the things is, is that there's not... That's why I feel like the scene needs to be kind of in a renaissance in the sense that I I feel like you can – it's great to do like one well, show and yeah. then do another show like three months from now. But I feel, I feel like it's better to just start doing a bunch of shows, keep the momentum going with it. I know COVID's kind of a thing uh, coming back right now, whatever. Um, but you still got to just still keep going for it. We can't just shut down the idea of – live music not being a thing and it's just going to come back magically you just well, got you they, have to you have they to figured, push they figured forward. out how to have people go to restaurants where they couldn't be indoors right they built the indoors outdoors i guess that worked so <laughs> we got to do the same thing with music right basically I and mean, right. i understand the internet's one thing but live music is something completely different and I you just, can capture it in a studio like how we did you can capture it on you know going having somebody record at a venue but it is but it is not the same it's like maybe i want to say it's about 70 percent of what it actually is i would say i would say music to me between live and like you know streaming on the radio whatever it's the difference between like the experience and then you know the music itself mm -hmm. experience is going to see it live right no band plays live the way they record Right, but tons of bands are a thousand times more kick-ass in person than they are on, you know, an album, right? Right, or whatever you call it these days. If you don't call them albums, nobody but, uh... wants to listen to an album anymore. <laughs> they rather get two songs or six songs, and yeah. then three months yeah. later, they're like, "That's true." Oh, who's that band? And then they come out with another EP or something. Right. Yeah, that's been something yeah, that I haven't. I thought we were still on to. albums still to this day. Yeah, no. It's. I think the unfortunate uh, idea behind music nowadays uh, is that it most people can't afford studio time, so they prefer to write six songs or four songs, Just, and then they go and record it, then they release it, and then they release it like one single, then another single, Just and a then bunch they release of the whole well, thing. Well, I think I think basically, I would, yeah. And I'm the old guy here, but I'll talk technology for you. Um, I think it's technology that's driven that, and here's why. So back in my day, right? So for those on the call that are checking, I was, was born in the 1960s, grew up in the 1970s and 80s, and then I was an adult after that. And <laughs> like I always sped through that. So I've, I've got all that kind of genre space time between technology and music development. You know, we talk about where music's gone from like the 1960s to today, et cetera, and the great influences from, you know, even the 50s and 60s that are still on music across genres, et cetera. The technology back then, even when I was a kid, was I got an album that had 12 songs on it because I would put that on and put the little needle down and the music would play and I wouldn't go and like fast Everybody forward to things, vinyl. right? There was no fast forward. It played through. So you bought the you know, back and black album for back and black, but then you learned sixteen, you know, six or seven or other really badass songs that you wouldn't have known because they're not on the radio, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the other piece. The technology that's consistent is radio. Right, the technology is not consistent. It's how we listen to music, right? So we listen to, you know, streams, cast pods, you know, whatever. So a podcast, I know it's a podcast. I keep joking, but so you know, that's I. So I wouldn't beat up the 
industry for not being committed to doing an album. I just think there's no attention span for putting on one group for an hour, right? Because, right. yeah. I mean, that's the way it used to be. Pop in a, an 8-track in my old 1973 Grand Torino. had an 8-track player. It was really cool. And I put in my ACDC, and I'd be rocking down the road for the same... Eight track for it might be for an hour. It might play through two, three times. I'm not going to take it out and get another one. You know, it's too much trouble. Besides, you know, don't text or eight track and drive, um, <laughs> something like that. I think just what from that. I think what it really comes down to too is that no one wants to gamble on the on the market anymore. At least like when it, most most bands don't sound like they're different. They just sound like. They fit the three-minute mark for their songs because that's what the radio time is. And, you know, no one wants to push the boundaries in the sense that, like, they write great songs, but, like, at least for me, the lyricality sucks ass. And they they just say the same things over and over again. And So you lost me at the financial reference of nobody wants to invest anymore nobody what do you mean invest? nobody wants to invest in anything that isn't somehow guaranteed because they're putting oh, so their they, money they, they find a sound that works just keep replicating they, yeah basically okay, I get that's, you. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. i mean so Ooh, I just, and i, just like, heard, I get it it some bands are pulling out bangers but there, you there, know. there was actually a country band recently and i know you don't listen to a lot of country mm-hmm. and you know i do but i listen to everything mm-hmm. um they got called out on country radio i forget exactly the the song but uh i I actually i remember the two songs i just forget who the band was it was chicken fry and um same boat same boat just came out if you know the song chicken fry or same boat anybody just look it up but they have exactly the same um music almost identical and it's got this really snappy tune to it Mm -hmm. and then they just changed the lyrics to you know used to be Something, something, chicken fry, and now it's something, something, we're all in the same boat. I mean, it's like they just changed the lyrics because it worked the first time kind of thing, right? They did four chords. They liked the progression. They kept the tempo. They changed the lyrics. And to be honest with you, I like both songs. But uh. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, a banger's a banger. I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm simple-minded. I like like both songs. But it definitely jumped out. But the funny thing was they got called out on, on radio. They were like, listen to this, and then listen to this. And then listen to this, and don't these sound similar? You know, but it was really like poking them in the eye kind of thing. Um, So, I mean, it makes sense if you got a winner, ride that horse until it falls over dead. I guess, but uh, it's crazy because I would. But your point is that you should be committed to invest in the music and being different. Invest in the scene, and especially like most most venues are kind of doing something, but like even even when it comes down to it, I I. I just don't feel like venues are trying to um, promote local bands like mm-hmm. Bayside. Shout out to Bayside because even though we even though we won basically a weird popularity contest, which which is kind of what I really thought about the whole contest. Is that that vote from like a yeah, year ago? Yeah, for or when so? we did when we opened up uh, at Hawthorne Theater. I remember that. And then like I guess people were cheating because they were using a VPN thing, but it doesn't matter. Like. I thought we were cheating because we had fa- friends and family from, you know, all over the <laughs> all over the world, and I was like, wait, I can't have my friends and family vote outside of the U.S. or something, because I didn't I didn't understand exactly what the whole yeah, what ordeal ha- was. What happened with something that? Something basically was like somebody else was cheating. So, 
um, we were like number three or something, oh, and so then we got so number one up and to two number were two, and yeah. then and then turns out one and three were cheating, mm. and then it was like because I guess you can do you can change your VPN or something. Yeah, someone had explained it to me, and it's science and math and technology stuff that I don't understand. But you can change your location. Um, yeah, through a VPN. This, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, dead talking so they VPNs. Go, so they go to so they go to vote, and you can we what we didn't realize is that we we're like, oh so, yeah, go. So and was vote it for built us. in that you could only vote once? Yeah, you can only vote once a day. Okay, so, but I didn't realize that you could well, you, you set vote up an algorithm multiple days. Yeah, exactly. So well, we can, had set, can do we a lot had of found that things. out like three days afterwards, and we're like, so you're oh, surprised shit. on the internet somebody could cheat? Not exactly, but Good. like. Just in general, basically, I and that everything's on the internet is vulnerable to no, people so hacking and the, cheating. The you point, just gotta believe everything on the internet, right? <laughs> I do, man. You just gotta so believe it. <laughs> no, okay. So my point was is that besides the VPN stuff, um, like I think the only other bands that I've seen have actually like try to push the local scene. Obviously, obviously, it's a great marketing skill because then all these local bands are opening up for a giant band like Bayside mm-hmm. and you know they it's it's hard to promote local music unless you have somebody like yeah but it's under always been that way you always, you always got to have names and to draw people in and then right you know then i mean it's like we talked about before every ch- chance that you get to be out there and every big named artist that's ever really talked about it yeah. has said if i had one person to perform for or 10,000 i took it just as serious i performed just as hard etc and that's kind of the way you got to grind right yeah. i mean yeah i don't think technology is going to take away the necessity to grind in the business cuz it's mm-hmm. it's a business of thousands that want to be number 1 mm-hmm. and maybe 10 might get to the top right which is like most career paths in life, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people just end up successfully average, which is not a bad thing, right? But uh, you got to grind. I think it's just it's very rare nowadays to find bands that are trying to support each other in the sense of like progressing yeah, yeah. the music in general because I feel like most of it is now a dog-eat-dog kind of mentality. They're like, oh, no, instead of... Instead of the fact that, like, you know, there's all of this music all over Spotify and everyone can have a listen and you can pull up all these, like, playlists and whatnot. But instead of instead of having a famine mentality, I'm thinking of, like, a feast mentality. Like, there's more than enough to go around. Right. But you I don't think, have to listen to the same... I think what you're pointing out is that there's not enough promoting of each other's efforts and work, particularly from those right. that are successful well you know i mean some of that stuff comes from the natural competitive fear that drives competitiveness right that if i if i hear you guys and i'm a really popular band and i go and i go these guys are really good and then i promote you then maybe people like you better than me i mean literally that's kind of a subconscious normal normal kind of synapse right right? yeah you know so it may not be consciously people or bands trying to put other bands down or mm-hmm. not talk about them. Right. So that's where you got to figure out that technology gap that we talked about, the marketing okay. thing, right? I mean, I feel like if I was a band, I'd be like, 
they're better than me. We need to step it up. This is what we need to do. Yeah. I just don't feel like there's a lot of bands that are out there like that anymore. I feel like not a lot of people. That's why I was trying to say is earlier is like not a lot of people are trying to push the envelope in in the sense that they're trying to do something different. And it's like I, I humbly say that I feel like with a lot of the new stuff that we're writing is that we're trying to bring back the idea of having fun on stage and everything feels like it's very business oriented when it comes to the music industry. They're like, Oh, you have to have these big names on your things and do all that stuff. It's like, if a big name helps you out, that's great. But like, you don't have to sound just exactly like them or whatever. Like you, you go and you need to write what you want to write. And that's all that matters in that sense. Like, it's great that this this is where like the genre the genre is going right. Um, it's it's progressing in this in this direction, mm-hmm. but instead of but instead of just writing instead of just writing to appease that sort of audience, why why not celebrate multiple types of um, genres like even like in rap music too like I I, I from at least from what I'm hearing. Um, it doesn't seem like it's like mumble rap we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like we uh, we get it. You can do triplets, Jesus. Uh, but it it doesn't. And then a lot of bands nowadays, I feel like, are copying um, bands that are coming up, and not a lot of bands are trying to like they they attach themselves to this. I guess. Anybody who's actually pushed the envelope and actually have been successful, now they're just like, oh, this actually, yeah, I could just write my music like these guys. I I guess I, I wouldn't. I'm trying not to call out names. But when I feel I like say you'd it. want to like put your own like stank on it, to where you stand out and you're not like just matching somebody else's. Yeah. So that way, people think of you. They only think of you, and they don't. It's also think of overproduced. Other. I think that's the other thing too. Is most most new music is overproduced and I, they take away the raw. That's why I love live music because not everything goes according to plan. <laughs> like our show, like, uh, well, I chords think, breaking and all that stuff. But that showed the professionalism when you guys just like rolled right through that. Right? And I like how they kept playing, yeah. how Dom and Aliga, they kept playing. Yeah. And they didn't just like cut everything. That's no, normal, yeah. man. I'm just like, we, you know, you're playing a, a basketball game and your shoe comes off. The team doesn't stop. Right. They're like, get your shoe on, catch up, <laughs> right, and keep playing, right? You know, I mean, it's a team. Being a band's a team. You guys, yeah. you guys, I think, exemplify that and kind of your work ethic and, and uh, when you guys get on stage, your setup, your breakdown, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, the kind of disruptive nature of, of the other nights, but... I think you did really well, man. I don't know if I, did you like have a conversation with Debbie Downer tonight or something? Huh? You're like negative on yourself. You I'm don't have not, to be, man. I'm not being trying to be, you guys I'm killed just it. Try, it's it's weird. being humble's weird. Okay, it, it's just my it's my way of doing it. Basically, it's just, but there's also a difference between being cocky and then being confident. You're right. It's true. At and the same I think time, you I'm, deserve the right to be confident because you guys killed it that night. Yeah, and you your guys' hard work is actually. Hey, what's these off. other questions you had for me? Oh God! Shit <laughs> here! Call me into a anyway, damn cast so okay, so He's more talking questions. the whole damn I got time. Some more questions. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so how was it living in like the '70s and the here, '80s? You guys talk. Like, what stood out the most during those years, or like what? 
Well, it's kind of strange, right? So, like, go ahead and climb over. Um, I guess the 70s, I was younger, right? So I was kind of in primary school and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, I had some really cool, strange, weird, awesome memories. I grew up in a family, a large family. It was technically nine, but that was a mixed family of, you know, couple step uh, step brother step sister half brother kind of thing right so anyways long story short Jesus. we had a big family and it was a mm-hmm. from time i was a kid even i was the second youngest i remember getting up at five o'clock in the morning and rolling newspapers when i was like 10 years old and you know it, it's just like a it was almost like a wholesome kind of thing you think about today right you know mm-hmm. one of the, the hardest things about being a parent in the last 20 30 years was watching that some of those kind of things that we got to do as kids our kids couldn't do just because you know you got adults driving around newspapers now you got you know professional yard grooming companies where i used to go cut grass for the little old lady around the corner with my old push mower you know the ones you kind of push back and forth with the blades oh, yeah. on it. yeah i've actually used one of those before they're actually pretty good right if you yeah. you know um you get kind of a rhythm and yeah, I mean, you know, I'd, it was kind of a different time, the 70s. And then the 80s is a little bit different. I think I was a little more aware because that's when I was in high school in the early 80s. And um, you guys will see this as ancient history, but there was this thing called the Cold War going on between the Soviet Union and the United States and, and all this stuff. And um, there were movies like Top Gun that came out, and everybody was kind of like focused in that kind of, you know, us versus them mentality. Uh, and then all of that crashed right after I had gotten in the in the Navy when I told you that, right? You know, mm-hmm. the wall came down in in, in Berlin, the Mr. Soviet Union collapsed. Tear down this uh, wall. Yeah, absolutely. That was that was the statement by former President Ronald Reagan, right? Um, so very interesting times. You know, it's kinda like coming out of Vietnam War history, going through the Cold War history, and then breaking into the nineties where we were as a a culture as a comp, as a country as a globe we started evolving and changing and, and there's a lot of different uh kind of historical moments that drove the 90s in its own unique space and then i don't have to re- discuss the last 20 years that started with 9 11 you know right september 11 2001 which many of you guys are very young what happened right? I so, kind of so remember that's, that. That's, that was the 9-11 attack, guys. So what were you yeah. What were you doing? I don't remember it. I was yeah. like, I was six. Yeah. But I don't remember it. But we like, I'm surprised you don't remember it. I don't surprise they don't remember it. But uh, uh, in, yeah. I thought in California, we were watching like cartoons or something. And then no, no, no. It, it was 5.30 on. in the morning. I, I got a phone call from Uncle David, my best mate, uh, this uh, guy, David Rogers. David ever listened to the podcast. Shout out to your brother. He's... He, he he's my little like constellation brother because we met each other down in Australia, knew each other for a couple of years, and then we realized we were born on the exact same day, right? So okay. it's his birthday now. Right? Happy birthday to you! So he's a day ahead of us in Australia. I just talked to him a few hours ago. So he's like, "Hey, oh, dickhead! So. It's happy birthday!" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Wait, so my, you, said, you said it was five thirty in the morning. Where were you at? Because didn't uh, yeah. So I morning? was in California. So I was in Monterey, California. Okay. I was going through uh, postgraduate school there getting my master's degree, and I was studying Thai language, right, which, yes, I speak Thai also, 
which is another stupid human trick for me. Um, <laughs> but it's so how many languages? A lot do of languages. Speak? I speak out of few, about a half a dozen languages. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy. Um, so, where I get a phone call from my mate down in Australia, which was even earlier there. I don't know why he was calling me. Uh, it was probably like midnight his time or something like mm-hmm. that. And he's like, mate, are you, you seeing this? I said, well, no, nah, what are you talking about, Dave? It's 5.30 in the morning. It was like 5.25 in the morning, so I had like five more minutes before my alarm was going to go off kind of thing. And uh, I turn on the TV, and, of course, that first tower was already down and all the other rest of its history. We've all seen, seen it, right? You guys don't yeah. remember it, but it happened, and it caused most of the last 20 years of history has been driven by that major event. Yeah, right? freaking TSA. And now we've got the latest major event, which, like 9-11, changed the landscape of our country and how we interacted and how we do things globally. We had this new watershed event called COVID-19, right? This pandemic comes oh slap my. us in the face. It's been so and, crazy. You know, so it's, it's two years What now. I would say with that is, is also to put it into perspective, right? You know, we have major challenges as people, as humans, as... Uh, you know, from world wars to, you know, pandemics to whatever, um, constantly. We, and that builds our resiliency. So you got to keep this one in perspective. We've been through shit before, mm-hmm. right, as, as humans, um, and, and we'll continue to, to press forward. So uh, that's, that's a lesson. Okay. That's crazy. Mic drop. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining the CODPAST tonight. CODPAST? He's had two rogues. He keeps That's not drunk. I'm being funny. Uh, okay. He thought you were drunk. I thought I was being funny. <laughs> Apparently, I wasn't being funny. Something. That's only two pineapples for you, and you're like often. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It doesn't take much for me to get where I need to That's go. That's right. You're good. <laughs> hey, we talked about this on the last podcast. Yeah. Exactly. Everything comes full circle, man. Um, I mean, I finished both of my drinks. So what's uh? So that's the end of the podcast. No. When the drinks are gone, <laughs> yeah, basically we talk until we pass out. Yeah. <laughs> oh See, my gosh. I, 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 my mouth closed. That, that that would be a start, right? Yeah. You know, if you start acting like you actually were taught something <laughs> relative to manners. You know, I know your mother's gonna think, listen to this. I think the book Common Sense needs to be uh, a book that people have to read and in school you made me read it so Wait, there's a book called common sense yeah well, but benjamin franklin about? oh yeah yeah well i didn't even know that was a book it's a book somebody needs to revamp common sense you should uh common sense goes a long way in this world today <laughs> exactly it's pretty crazy. not very We're, far it I'm, doesn't i'm actually <laughs> not i'm far. actually perplexed because we went from your piss poor manners to common sense i know which I like are actually how he brought that they're up distinguishable right, right you know yes it is common sense to cover your mouth when you're belching into a microphone yeah. with ten thousand people listening to your podcast we wish and, and ten thousand <laughs> people where you at <laughs> i want one million dollars right Hey, you know, you start with one, you get to a million. Hey, you can't get to a million without going one first. Yep. Hey, I do want to give a shout out though okay. to my cousin Jeffrey because he keeps sharing. Cousin Jeffrey. He keeps sharing our podcast and everything and letting oh, his fantastic. friends know. So I just want to let you know I do appreciate where's, you. Where's, now where, that where's got, cousin at? 
Uh, he's in California. I know. Bay Area. I just want to let give him a shout out because he's on the back, kind of sharing every episode. So Very see, cool. I think the second that we put my pops on the podcast, now all of my all of my family members are gonna be like, "What? You recorded yourself?" <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> rare. Yeah, my dad is all over the place so much that having him like geolocated or being able to like. Tune into one conversation. You need to start a podcast. You said that to me before. I've said this so many times. Well, you started once, and I can just come here and be a guest every once in a while. All right. That's every fair. time you come, you can be a guest. There you right go. On. Well, I hope I didn't uh, screw up the cast pod, but uh, um, I mean, is there anything else you want to tell the people? Any other stories? Um, I, you know me. I'll tell stories all night long, but we're running out of drinks. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I mean, you got any other questions you want me to tell the people? I am more curious about the seventies and the eighties, but I just like what it was, what it was like. Yeah, I don't know. I'm you know, really so when I was a, so I was like. a kid in the seventies, I won a disco dance competition. How about that? That's true. It's <laughs> Did you wear like parachute story. pants and everything? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. With the little zippers on the sides and down the oh, sides. Yeah. And, um, we. Yeah, we used to do all that stuff. Roller skating was big. It's actually funny. We were talking about that today. Like, how that's come back. Okay, right? so did it look like Roll Bounce, the movie? Yes, exactly like that. <laughs> oh, that's the movie you think of? Yeah, it was like, it was, it was like, it was like all the little short shorts <laughs> and the flip around and skate, skating backwards with the crisscross. And, you know, we used to, they used to go there on the weekend, Saturday night, and they'd, they'd have the... They'd even do like the, the, I forget what they call it, the Sadie Hawkins dance kind of thing where girls on one side, guys on the other, and like skate off kind of things. And it was really fun. It was very pure, natural, clean fun, you know. There were some fights in the parking lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Not too many guns, maybe a knife or two. but So it wasn't completely violent like it is now. But, uh, were you driving a Harley then too, or no? I did. My first motorcycle was a uh, um, Honda Interceptor 500. It's the kind of red and white and blue fairing one with the Targa lowers on it. That was my first. When did you get motorcycle. that? Um, when I got out of basic training in Orlando, Florida, and that was my mm-hmm. go-getter. Back and forth to Daytona every chance I got to go to the beach. Yeah. Oh dang! Okay. Yeah. Man, yeah. what? What uh, events stood out the most to you in the 80s? In the 80s, what event? Yeah. yeah. Like, when you think of the 80s, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? I mean, it has to be the Berlin Wall coming down, right? I mean, that's significant. That's 75 years of cast iron history being dist- you know, taken down and, and freeing millions of millions of people from what was a... And it's still today a confused ideology around communism and Marxism and socialism that in, you know, a back room with a, a, a cigarette in your hand and a glass of champagne or something like that, it might sound really good in a conversation. But there's hundreds of millions of people that died because of it mm-hmm. and hundreds of millions of people that were oppressed by it that would tell you today, and I've had the opportunity, which is probably one of my greatest takeaways from the military is actually the the lessons I've learned from people I've talked to around the world mm-hmm. is uh, they'll be the first ones to tell you, yeah, it's, this is this is pretty screwed up, and this is really, this is the best thing that ever happened to us. You know, um, I described 1992 in Moscow when I met all, you know all these wonderful people that uh, young people especially 
that they were very entrepreneurial thinking and, and open and they were just excited about it and so on and so forth that, and there's still some problems going on. Um, it, there was a, I think there was an anthropologist that was, or social scientist, one of the few in the former Soviet Union at the time that described it as if you lived in a black and white world and somebody turned the color on, how stark that would be whether you were 15 years old or 75 years old or whatever, right? I mean, mm -hmm. how stark would that be in terms of, like, your, your, just your environment changing? Um, so I was, it was a pretty exciting time. So without a doubt, I think it's the fall of the Soviet Union, the Berlin Wall coming down, uh, pretty much defined the 1980s. Okay. Um, yeah. What made you join the military? I need money for college, man. I was, <laughs> I'm telling you this. I'm, I'm the first guy to tell you that. I've, I joined the military because I wanted opportunity, and by God, I got more opportunity than most people see in five lifetimes. I, I mean that humbly, to use my son's wonderful term. Um, yeah. Well, it was pretty cool, though. You went for to go to college, and you ended up spending 27 years. Yeah. I went uh, legitimately, when I came out of high school, I had three passions that I wanted to complete in life. Only one of I've been able to do is mm -hmm. I wanted to play football in college. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get my law degree, and I wanted to become president of the United States, which is always like a dumbass thing to say coming out of high school, right? But I, mean, president. I now hate politicians, all of them, and I can, I'm very versed on, on that. We can talk about that next time we get on here about politicians and narcissism and other good lord pathologies i hate politics. Um, and then the other th you know i didn't get to go to law school but uh, i've gotten multiple other graduate degrees and um my daughter his sister hopefully if she's listening uh she's still on track one of these days hopefully get her into law school so yeah okay. so because of that i wanted to go to college i had to go to college yeah you know i mean i just knew that right i mean i could have done a lot of things i was pretty bright at the time and so on and so forth and is there any college that really stood out that you like really wanted to go to? I had three schools I applied to. University of Notre Dame, University of Southern California, and the University of Illinois. And I didn't get a full scholarship to anything. And because of that, I went down to a recruiter, as you probably very well know that feeling, walking into a recruiter's office, yeah. maybe, or they talk to you, right? And I walked up to him and I said, hey, um, I'm looking for the fastest way to college this is i thought i was up for an rotc scholarship in fact i had the way we worked it i finished high school early so the second half of my high school senior year i was actually going to community college right and so i'm going to community college and i get this piece of paper saying hey we regret to inform you uh on my rotc scholarship and at the time i was focused at the university of illinois so like a week later i walk into a recruiter's office i'm like Shit, now I got no plan. <laughs> I didn't have a plan B, mm -hmm. right? And uh, they said, ah, okay, yeah. How about we send you down to the MEP station in St. Louis, Missouri, and put you through a couple tests. So they brought up the uh, nuclear field qualification test, the nuclear engineering program, and how it has a lot of uh, probability if you do apply to officer accession programs and so on and so forth. It sets you up nicely. And So they didn't have, yeah. like, the ASVAB? Because I took the ASVAB before I joined the military. Oh, yeah, I took the ASVAB, too. And then they kind of told me. Like for me, that's that's when they told me, okay, hey, let's make you take this other test too. 
Oh, so, really? She had to take a second test. Yeah, yeah. So it was, I'm pretty sure 36 years later, 35 and a half years later, that it was called the NFQT, the Nuclear Field Qualification Test. So it was like its own thing. And I've told the story a hundred times, and I'm pretty sure it's still true. It's just so long ago. It sounds like, a, you know, I'm almost making up the story. But uh, the recruiters at the time, they said, hey, you're going down to take this test. And when you go down to the MEPS station, right, and the MEPS, for most people that don't know, is uh, Military Entrance Processing Center or whatever, right, or station. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, S for station. So, anyways, where you go right before you go to boot camp or if it's there you go, if you're going to enlist, and even if you go on, like, the late enlistment program or whatever so i go down there and they said hey make sure you don't go out and stay out all night get a good night's sleep the next morning you're gonna take this test that like one out of 10 people or yeah one out of 10 people pass kind of thing it's funny because they told us that there's yeah. no failing yeah <laughs> well that's on the ASVAB. yeah yeah there's no fail there's just, just higher levels of success. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if, if you get a certain score, it's like boatswain's mate. It's guaranteed career path. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, get another score, maybe you're going to be a ET or something like that. Right. Electronic technician or aviation. Um, so, anyways, I go down to take this test, and sure enough, I met a bunch of guys that were headed to Paris Island the next day. So I think it was foreshadowing my future. Paris Island is a Marine Corps recruit depot in South Carolina. And so all these guys were headed to Marine Corps boot camp the next day. We stayed out half the night, you know, doing things we shouldn't have been doing it at the age of 18 or 17. I think I was 17 at the time. You know, I do remember ending up in a White Castles, if you know White Castles. Uh, you know, at like 2 o'clock in the morning, eating little cheeseburgers. And then the next morning, barely being able to walk and keep my eyes open. And um, I take this test. I fell asleep three times during the exam. Oh. I had woken up three times in the exam. It was like, wake up. It was old, old crusty chief waking me up. And uh, True story. I uh, went down with another kid from, from the Midwest at, where we, we were at. He took the test. He got the good night's sleep. He failed the test. I passed the test. Oh, so who wow. knows? Right? So every time they tell you to do the right thing, nah, don't listen to them. <laughs> That's not the lesson I'm teaching right here. That's crazy. I think what... Because I only took the ASVAB, but when I went, we were just in like the, so we were in the hotel, but we were just in the main yeah, lobby yeah, and we exactly. were just sitting there playing board games and stuff like that. So we didn't even leave. We actually, I actually went to MEPS in Boise. Did you? Yeah. Boise. Boise. That's Boise. That's how you say it. A true Idahoan told me. And that's when I found out I was colorblind and everything. So... <laughs> So you're like, all right, no aviation, no this, no that. Yeah. They're like, you would have qualified for a lot, but you're colorblind. Yeah. So you can do administration. I feel so bad now. We're right. going to make fun of your colorblindness. <laughs> no, man. It's, you oh, know, it's man. tough. I feel like a dick. <laughs> and then when I told people, well, how did, the most common question, how do you, or how can you tell you weren't colorblind? What kind of question is that? I've been colorblind my whole life. It's normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was colorblind. My roommate at the Naval Academy, um, Matt, this guy was just a freaking physical stud. He was a national powerlifting, you know, top contender and, and you know, NCAA and all this kind of stuff. Like, And his, his brother was too, his physical studs, but they're both super intelligent. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be a SEAL. So when he got, we get to a certain place at the Naval Academy, they test you for different things. Like you go through what they call mini buds. So you kind of can qualify to select SEAL. And still, for those who don't know, is Naval Special Warfare, right? 
um, and he, he was colorblind. Uh, and, and the irony of it was he ended up going nuclear engineering submarine because he oh. couldn't go into the SEALs, right? Hey, it's still a fantastic career. I mean, it's still like one of the top yeah. most elite programs you can get into. Uh, you got to be really intelligent and have some common sense. You know, I actually wanted to be a SEAL. Yeah. So when I went to the – because I, I ended up going to the recruiting office, mm-hmm. and I told them I wanted to be an MP, military police, and then I wanted to eventually transition into a SEAL. But then that's you had it all worked out, man. That's a lot more than most do when they get there. And then I ended up finding out I was colorblind when I went to MIPS. And then we got back to Reno. And I was like, maybe I just had a bad day. Maybe I just had a bad day. I was like, I'm not <laughs> bad colorblind. Day for colorblind. I'm not colorblind. That's right. That's right. And then they were like, all right, let's test. So they brought out like the little like flip where you see the oh, numbers. The dots and yeah. stuff. And yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. stand on the other side of the room yeah. and cover an eye. And I got one and I covered my eye. And they're like, okay, what number is this? I can't see that far. <laughs> And then I got the first number right. Yeah. And then I got the second number right, and there's 10. I got the first two right, and the next eight wrong. And so the second off. I got the third one off, they're all like, You failed already. Yeah. So right. I'm like, No, 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 let's do it again. I'm good. Right, right. No, you're I'll, good. I'll, I will memorize every pattern there is possible. And, yep. Uh, yeah, so you, you ever heard of the head drop theory? No, I haven't. So you got dropped on your head one too many times, and you know that's why you're colorblind. So you Am could I go back and just try to hit yourself in the head and fix it. I mean, uh, I could. I'll start right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've had many concussions, so I could possibly yeah, be colorblind. Not many people know that, though, that I wanted to go seal. Really? Yeah. That's cool as shit. No wonder you liked playing Siege so much. <laughs> I know a friend of mine in high school actually went seal, and I think he's still a Navy seal now. That's cool. But in high school, he was... He was an animal when it came to athletics. <laughs> Those guys yeah. are crazy. He's uh, running like a six. I think he was running like a five or six minute mile and freaking weights class Christ. all the time. And what is the average? Fourteen something, right? It takes mile? fourteen that's minutes. Low for that's a mile. What I'm that's, like, that's what I'm oh, saying. That's what I'm saying. Isn't like a, on the on. average human can like. Run and it's more like it might be like seven, seven eight minutes. I'm looking at seven right now. eight minutes. I, I think the average they do for like the Navy PT test and Marine, Marine Corps, like uh, average is probably in like the seven eight minutes for three miles. Are we talking thing, about military or just no, like, no, no, in in gen- general. In general. I don't even want to tell you about no, running. I'm gonna say in, ge- in general because obviously the military have higher expectations. Oh, the average human, human, well, it's still like eight minutes is pretty. Pretty long time. It's nine to ten minutes. Oh, okay. Wait. Okay, yeah. A non-competitive runs one mile in about nine to ten minutes. Okay. If you're new to running, the average is twelve to fifteen minutes. And then how did it go up? So if you're if you normally run on a regular basis, it's then the average nine is to 9 to 10. Minutes. But if you just now starting to run, oh, okay. it's 12 to 15 minutes. Oh, so the average human. So then, why don't you incorporate a little running in your fitness there? Well, it doesn't take me 14 minutes to run. When's the last time you ran a mile? Uh, when I used to work for Subaru. How, how long ago was that? Um so yeah, that's the other cool thing you got. What, what, what's that calendar you have on your arm that you keep looking at? Yeah, it's I said, when's the last time you ran a mile? And you looked at your watch. Yeah. Like, it was 15 minutes ago. Yeah, 15 it took, minutes took ago. me six minutes. I've been, Actually, I've been right back for we nine. recording the podcast. That's right. <laughs> it's already like 12 in the morning. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I'm going to get wake, wake up early in the morning. Anywho, um, 
I used to I used to do twenty thousand steps in a day. What's your fastest mile? Uh, He's never win. run a mile. <laughs> wow. No. He's never run a mile. Seriously. False. Um. I don't think he in had. High, in high school, I think I did about eight minutes. In high school, I think I did eight. That was minutes. your fastest one? I think so. Nah, you got no idea. What was your fastest mile? You don't want to know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm curious. Nah. What's you're on the podcast. You might as well. Okay. Post hey, about so it. I'll tell you that uh, I had it one time for the uh, AAU 12 and under. I had when I was nine years old. I had the fastest time in the U.S. in, in the mile. What was it? Five nineteen when I was nine years old. Really? Fact. That. Damn, really Dang. just kind of dropped the mic right he there. He really did drop the mic, and he was all, nice oh, talking man. to you guys. I'm out. No, no. <laughs> but so it's, it's always funny. I would tell the story. Okay, so then I transitioned because, like, the sport, first sport, sports I played was, you know, baseball, ran track and field, basketball, swimming. And the one thing that they had in common, and I remember, you know, I had a neighbor that was into hockey because it was Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. We have snow and ice and hockey and all that stuff. I thought I could never play hockey, and I never played hockey in my life because that cost too much for the crap you had to buy, right? You got to buy all that equipment. You know, I played all the sports. It was like shorts and one pair of tennis shoes, and you can use them for three different sports. Um, but so run, running, my whole family, most of my siblings were in cross country and track and field and whatnot, all your aunties and uncles mm-hmm. that uh, – now when we're all sitting around in our 50s and 60s, you go, yeah, right. You, you can't run across the street anymore. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I can kind of relate with your time. I mean, it wasn't that fast, but in fourth grade was my fastest mile. Mm. That's when I went to Good Hope Elementary School. I remember that. I ran. That's about the same grade. Two, it was 10, 11. six minutes and 15 seconds. Damn. Because I ran it, mm. and then they told me to sit down, and I just watched everybody else do laps. Mm. And I just sat there and chill. But I was playing basketball. I was playing baseball. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember my fastest time after that because I never really, except for like you know, I was in, in a Marine Corps getting timed, and we're doing three miles and you know that kind of thing. Um, so I never really, I never really ran a mile again for time significantly mm-hmm. as I was older because when I went into middle school, um, we actually moved kind of out in the country, and I started hanging out with some friends of mine and doing things like bailing hay and lifting weights and trying to get into other sports like wrestling and football. And, you know, and so you couldn't be the skinny little running kid. You had to put on some weight and get stronger and all this kind of stuff. And so I kind of drifted away from cross country and track and, and whatnot at the time. It's all good, you know. Um, Three-mile time. I think my best three-mile was about 20 – I think it was 20:30, something like that. It's not a bad time for three miles, averaging about 6:30, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's one too. I think my best 5K was 18 minutes. I think. 18's good. Yeah, that's great. That's actually, I think, 18 is what would max out the Marine Corps run time, six minutes average. They actually denied me, unfortunately. Who the Marine Corps? Yeah, I got denied by the Marine Corps. I got denied by the Army. Is that because of the colorblind? No. There's some medical reasons I'm not comfortable sharing on this podcast. Hey, I said menstruation (laughs) earlier. (laughs) You're not comfortable with your medical conditions? Uh, They told me I have a higher possibility of getting cancer than the average person. How did they know that when you were 17, 18 years old? It was when I was going through MEPS. Yeah. And so... Really? 
But the Navy would take you. They actually denied me the very first time. Yeah. And then the recruiters all, can you run? I was like, yeah. They're, can you jump? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, all right, well, we need you to write a letter. So I had to write a one-page letter of how I can exercise and work out and lift and all that just to get in. Wow, that's interesting. All the more reason, all for another podcast that we can talk about Life Vantage. So I didn't know that you didn't introduce him to that stuff yet. Oh, yeah. I take this stuff. It's part of my hype. No, nope, nope, next up. podcast. We're not starting it now. It's yeah, we late. can't start that. This is a long conversation. I will say I sent you a couple different texts, a oh, bunch yeah, of different that. links and stuff in them. The first one, um, kind of focus on the research ones, right? Mm-hmm. There's one in there, the, and this is the, the real kind of hook. Um, John Quinones or whatever his name is, right, that does the kind of expose stuff mm-hmm. on TV for ABC, I think. He was the guy back in 2010 or something like that. The, the clip's on there, the whole primetime expose, mm-hmm. um, that they tried to say this is too good to be true, right? And then he went on it, and within two weeks, it reduced, reduced his oxidative stress by like 40% or something like that. And he's just like, uh, this is actually the real thing, you know. And then all the other links on there are like research stuff and universities. And below that is all of those like men's group testimonials, all those, you know, Martin Day and, and others, you know, all these former and current soft guys and athletes and so on and so forth. And that's a significant. Look at it. Learn about it. And then next time we get a chance, we'll talk about it. Yeah, we will. We'll save it for the next time. Mic drop. All right. All right. Literally a mic drop. Mic's dropping here in a second, okay? Yeah, and the other mic's named, dropping. They're both named Mike. That's right. Do you prefer to go Mike or Michael? I actually go by Mike, if you call me that. Okay. And then this Michael. one was always Michael because to distinguish Mike and Michael. And then now I notice that most of his friends call him Mike or Mick. He told me he prefers Strike. Michael, but it doesn't matter. But I prefer to call people or yeah. what they prefer, so yeah. I call him it's Michael. Michael. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> He's been quiet for so long he forgot he how has. to speak back into the microphone. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. All right, well, hey son, thanks for inviting me, DeAndre. This has been cool, man. Of course. That was great. Um, yeah. It's my first ever casted pod. Uh, <laughs> and I look forward to many, many more. Yeah, you're going to be. And Kira, thanks for sitting there and putting up with this nonsense for an hour and a half. Can we leave now? (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, uh, stay classy, uh, internet. Um, Like, uh, God, what's what's the guy from Anchorman? Will Ferrell, his character. Anywho, Ron Burgundy. He's still learning how to talk right now, so. Yeah. It's obviously getting late because you're, you're doing that mumble rap thing. I could say. So follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Counter guys pod. You know you know where to find us. We're all over on the social medias. Spotify as well. Your favorite social medias. You're listening here and now. There's new listeners. Spotify. If you don't know us already, it's at. Mike Stryker uh, and um, DeAndre's uh, handle. What's your handle now? My handle? Yeah. You know, I haven't got that memorized. It's, um, just give me one second here. <laughs> He's it's, using uh, the internet. DJ, DeAndre Green. D E E Dre Green. Like Dr. Dre. All right. <laughs> and you can find my dad. That was perfectly easy. Uh, on Instagram as well too. He recommended me to yeah. change my name to that. I I don't remember what your handle is. Uh, on Instagram. Yeah. I think it's 
It might be Kumasan one. Yeah. And one. the other one is... Uh, yeah, follow Johnny Cash. Yeah, uh, Johnny Cash, GSD Hawaii or something like that, yeah. right? So that's so if you go to the Johnny Cash one, that's the German Shepherd dog in Hawaii. That's our canine. Um, and he's actually the more personable one of the crowd. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's pretty photogenic. Very photogenic. And then our Spotify is counter guys, exclamation mark, pound yep. sign, one. And if you guys don't know by pound sign, it's the number sign. <laughs> <laughs> that hashtag, it's not two fists. That hashtag or hashtag. There that, you go. <laughs> yeah. No, kid, kids nowadays only know it by the hashtag. What's the hashtag sign? Anywho. Alrighty, y'all. We'll see you guys later. Peace.